Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Project is currently a podcast, um, but it has a very long history. Uh, back in the day, in the late 90s uh, and the dawn of this new millennium, uh, when I was adventuring in New York City, I proclaimed that the age of the victim is finally over and that the age of heroes has begun. The way of the hero posits that one must utilize one's individual strengths to make one's world a better place. One need not be perfect or operating from ideal circumstances either. Are not the heroes that inspire us often tragically flawed? Are their lives not in a state of flux and full of uncertainty? Does this prevent them from attempting and accomplishing great things? Our Age of Heroes initiatives have harnessed the creative energy and focused the attention of many heroic individuals with radically diverse backgrounds over the years directing it towards improving the collective quality of human life. The Age of Heroes welcomes secular, intrafaith, and interfaith participation. As with the Argonaut expedition of old, the children of different and sometimes warring gods are invited to participate with exceptional mortals to face great challenges and accomplish something that really needs to get done. As I stated before, in the early dawn of this new millennium, I partnered with individuals and organizations to stem the tide of the effort in New York City. Our collective efforts led to free computer drop-in centers in downtown Brooklyn and an innovative intern-extern volunteer program called New Shores. Our adventures were chronicled through the e-radio show Navigating the Digital Divide, a comic strip in Big News, a few cliffhanger tales in Psych Journey, presentations at conferences, and an Age of Heroes special episode in the third season of my Fringe TV show. From 2005 to 2014, the focus was much narrower. I championed literacy, functional, vocational, 
cultural, informational, digital, multicultural, and environmental in rural northeastern Pennsylvania and northwestern New Jersey through my individual efforts uh, in partnership with my wife through our Mythic 501C uh, and uh, via coordinated cooperative endeavors with local individuals and organizations. Local media on our website chronicled uh, those particular adventures. Now that our sojourn has returned us to Northeastern New Jersey and the greater New York metropolitan area, uh, we were inspired to dedicate ourselves to actualizing the ultimate dream, manifesting Elysium in the here and now. Elysium is the highest heaven the mortal mind can conceive. Uh, and the Elysium Project is, I believe, the ultimate quest. And now for Cry Freedom by Bone Poets Orchestra. Single couple's earth 
the mystery of the all-expanding universe. Trust that brain behind your eyes to carve a space for us within the universal mind. And if it's up to us to bring some balance back, let it not be said it's courage that we and welcome back to the Elysium Project. I am Hercules Invictus, and tonight's show is The Path of Public Service, uh, also known as The Path of Leadership or The Path of Politics. And uh, I shared before uh, the last song a little bit about the Elysium Project and came about, and now I will share a little bit about my own uh, personal political journey. A few years ago, the positive impact of New Jersey's maverick and hands-on politician Cory Booker inspired me to get more directly involved with local politics. Though I'm strongly independent by nature and inclination, Cory Booker's example and philosophy inspired me to support the efforts of local Democrats rather than maintain my independent stance. This was not a big leap as my personal views and values were much more Democratic than Republican, and I tended to vote along Democratic lines. Being Greek, I was also proud that my ancestors are credited as being the first to experiment with a democratic system of government. Bill Waitman of Sussex County served as a democratic role model, and I'm very honored to be working uh, with Bill on this show, in fact. Uh, Our paths crossed during the NJN Jobcast days of yore when I was hailed as a superhero of the human services. I followed his campaign when we lived in Northwest New Jersey and learned a great deal from him. I still continue to learn a great deal from him. Uh, While in the process of moving to Bergen County, I started attending the Tenafly Municipal Democratic Committee's uh, monthly meetings. For about a year, I attended as many meetings as I could, and it felt good to be involved with party people on a local level. I handed out voter registration applications and absentee ballot forms with Mark Zinna near the Tenafly Post Office and worked with Paul Stefanowitz on the TMDC's Facebook page. Uh, I was honored to support Mark and Paul's candidacies for Tenafly Council, and I benefit from their leadership uh, now that they've been uh, elected, Mark uh, re-elected, and Paul uh, retired from the council. Um, since moving to Bergen County, I also canvassed door to door for the Dems, encouraged diverse non-voting people to vote, and even started working for the Board of Elections uh, at the polls. Um, I still do this uh, as well uh, five years later. 
Uh, I also began attending the open session mayor and council meetings of Tenafly's governing body. And I decided to dedicate some time towards spreading the word that an individual citizen's vote does indeed count. Surprisingly, I found myself enjoying the mayor and council meetings a great deal. Uh, though the learning curve is sometimes steep, uh, Mayor Peter Rustin, an independent, and his Democratic Council have greatly contributed to my political education. They're an awesome bunch of people, and I'm indeed quite fortunate to be residing in the borough of Tenafly. Aside from this, I sought small ways to support local environmental, pro-animal, literacy, and human empowerment initiatives through my participation in the local political process. During the course of those adventures, I encountered many others who were similarly minded, some of whom were Democrats, but not all. Others proudly declared themselves independents, Green Party, or even Republicans, all good people, and they were cooperating toward actualizing common goals that we all believe benefited the common good. Our mayor, Peter Rustin, exemplified the spirit of nonpartisan cooperation, and I grew to greatly admire him for it. This simple epiphany precipitated a dramatic shift in my political awareness and profoundly transformed my personal perspective. I believe and have faith in democracy and the democratic uh, process. I'm still a registered Democrat and plan on actively supporting many local and not so local democratic endeavors. But I discovered that I remain at heart very much an independent. Uh, I can no longer allow the convenience of viewing things or acting from a strictly party-line perspective. Uh, and again, I stress that I am still a Democrat, uh, registered, and now on the Democratic County Committee, duly elected. Uh, and I have aspirations for continuing to go through the party. Uh, in November 2015, I wholeheartedly and quite, quite publicly supported our independent Mayor Peter Rustin's bid for re-election as I felt that he was by far the best candidate for the position. After researching other candidates and conversing with a few, I made my choice. Uh, Peter Rustin won by a very wide margin. My selection for the 10th Black Council, Democrats Anthony Barzalato and Shama Hader were triumphant as well, uh, as well as my preferred candidates for the Board of Chosen Freeholders, General Assembly District 37, and the local school board. As I'd earlier committed to encouraging people to vote, I then endeavored to become more politically informed so I can make the best possible choices and to provide the tools whereby others may do the same. I am a staunch Olympian, but my Age of Heroes initiative have always been interfaith, welcoming all who wish to participate, regardless of their spiritual beliefs or lack thereof. In the same spirit, I now welcome all those who wish to walk with me on this vision quest, regardless of their political affiliations or lack thereof. The adventure continues, and now we will listen to Bran Kedorian's King of Dreams. No 
Greetings and welcome back to the Elysium Project. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and our guest tonight is Councilman Jeff uh, Grossman, and I'm glad to have him uh, here on board. Greetings and welcome to the Elysium Project, Jeff. Thank you, Hercules. I, this is my second time on your podcast. I'm delighted to be back. I thank you for having me. And thank you for being on. Uh, you're a great uh, individual. You're very committed to your path of public service. And uh, I'm really looking forward to learning more about uh, uh, what inspired you. We've touched on this before the last time we were on, and it's a fascinating journey. You went from uh, lawyer to educator to politician. <laughs> and uh, that is awesome. Well, uh, you've uh, taken a pretty interesting path, so... Well, thank you. I think we have a lot of things that we can talk about that we have in common. And I certainly so. And uh, I'm looking forward to when you begin your uh, initiatives, your environmental initiatives, because uh, what you've shared about them is uh, totally fascinating. And you've inspired me to want to take more direct uh, action in those areas. So that will be the subject for your next show. Sounds good to me. Um, I know that you've taken quite an interesting path yourself. I mean, you've been active out in eastern, northeastern Pennsylvania and then out in New Jersey. So, so you certainly are an educator of many sorts. Uh, yes, education is one of my human my, – my career has actually been a combination of uh, uh, human services, uh, education – entertainment, and very ancient spirituality, I guess. You can blend them all together, and uh, at one point or another point, uh, I'm doing one more than the others, but uh, that's kind of been uh, my journey. And uh, uh, politics, uh, I've dabbled in politics uh, before, but not as consistently as now. I really love living in Tenafly, and uh, I really do see it, as some do, as a, a modern-day Camelot and as a inspiration for other towns, because uh, um, all the different people I've met in Tenafly, regardless of what their uh, political beliefs happen to be, um, have been very dedicated to Tenafly. And that's very oh, rare to oh. see. So I treasure that. Well, certainly we, we are in very interesting political times. Yes. And one of the things that I did definitely would like to touch on is the combination of of my background in law teaching and then how I'm playing that into politics and some of the, some of the things that have been interesting trends the last few years. Awesome, please uh, share. So so one of the things actually I was talking to a teacher about this today. We were discussing New Jersey has very strong what are called HIB laws, harassment, intimidation and bullying. Yes, which is something that schools take seriously. We're trying to cut back on any opportunities for bullying or harassment of students, especially based on any any factors. Then, um, and, and what we were talking about, and what made it interesting, is that the governor who was presiding at the time this came into being was Chris Christie, and mm-hmm. I, and between Governor Christie and President Trump. And, and other politicians, I'm not just singling them out, there has been this growing trend of politicians who seem to not recognize the importance of anti-harassment, intimidation, bullying laws. 
and Christie, who signed this into law, actually was known for going to the town halls and telling people to shut up and sit down, which is the exact opposite message we give our students today. Right. Don't use the word shut up. Don't talk to people that way. And yet it seems to be an uphill fight for teachers because we're, we're trying to tell them to do things that are the opposite of what some of our political leaders are doing. That is a, a very uh, good observation. I've spoken about that several times uh, recently with people about uh, um, how in the schools, because I'm involved in several enrichment programs that uh, um, teach kids in the after school here in Kennebunk and Crestville and other uh, places. And there are very strict anti-bullying uh, rules and we actually have to let them know if there's any bullying happening in the after-school program. And uh, um, I was speculating what the effect is on a child being told in school not to bully and then uh, watching uh, TV where he sees our leaders <laughs> very openly bullying people. Yeah, I, I haven't figured out. If you have any suggestions how to reconcile the the two where you're telling a student don't do this and yet they're seeing the leaders do what you're saying do not do uh, it's a tough one i and students ask me well is it okay that a president or a governor or a member of congress does this and i have to tread lightly because i can't say these people are wrong mm-hmm. that, that wouldn't be correct but i also can't say that what they're doing is acceptable and so teachers are put in a real tough position, I think, today of having to to tread lightly, especially where you have politicians doing these things. And, and one of the reasons I think that I got involved in town council, I was always in the back room here. I'd been involved in politics in Tenafly since about 1972 when I was a kid. Wow. And and the reason I got involved finally is first of all my wife's blessing to go ahead and do it, which I will always be grateful for. But the second reason is that I wanted to show that you can have civil discourse. So and that we'll, is we'll see how it works. Yeah, that, that is phenomenally that is phenomenally important. Um, and uh, that's one of the points I've made uh, several times. I've probably shared this story with you, but if not, I'll quickly share it. When I first started coming to the mayor and council meetings, um, I introduced myself, and uh, I uh, made a, a short talk on uh, why I love coming to the mayor and council meetings, and uh, the gist of it was was that when I was uh, little, uh, Greece uh, made a transition from being a monarchy to being a junta uh, at one right. point, and the junta... Uh, they had voting, but there was only one side being advertised and one side. Uh, there were posters for it, the um, uh, voting uh, uh, places. Uh, there were no curtains to give you privacy, and there were soldiers with machine guns <laughs> in, in the hey. polling place. <laughs> so, you know, the message was vote this way, you know, or else. And uh, people could not talk about uh, politics like in uh, uh, cafes or anyplace else because, again, there was this uh, military presence that was uh, uh, very uh, pervasive. And I, I said that 
uh, although, again, not everyone agrees uh, all the time or sometimes not even often, the concern for Tenafly and the resonance of Tenafly is always there uh, in the discussion. So uh, uh, that's why I value, you know, the, the freedom of uh, conversing things and having a civil discourse, because for places that don't have it, <coughs> excuse me, for places that don't have it, um, it it's a gift beyond <laughs> um, understanding because it's so important. I, I think it's I mean, a gift that a lot of people here don't appreciate either. Yeah, unless you it, see it goes, something like that, you, you can't appreciate it, I guess. I mean, I know my students, they're, they're seventh and eighth graders, so obviously they have a ways to go, but I know they have a hard time really appreciating it because they don't understand how different cultures like you just described Greece as having been. They, they don't have the full appreciation of that. And, and we have a number of people where I teach who have had some really interesting backgrounds and they try and share with the students. We have someone, a custodian actually, who came from uh, Albania in the early 90s, basically jumping into the river dodging bullets like out of a movie to escape. Wow. Um, we have some students whose parents came from Cuba, uh, basically getting on makeshift boats to get here. So the stories are there, and we try and make sure that students hear them, but hearing it and experiencing it, unfortunately, are so no. different. Very no, different uh, thing. How, how do you think we can cultivate that awareness that uh, the very fact that we can disagree and, and be uh, uh, emphatic and uh, emotional about it and, you know, and, and still um, have a relatively open and free society, um, th- that's a difficult one uh, to really uh, uh, try to curricularize, I guess. It, it is difficult. I know during the election in 2000, in, in 2016, one of the things I tried to do in my classroom is I asked students at first just to write for themselves, not for me, who they supported. Then I asked them to take any topic, any issue out there that's important to them. And I then had them go and research that issue where uh, candidate Clinton and then candidate Trump and even some of the other um, candidates who had run in the primaries, I asked them to research. How do these people mm-hmm. feel about those issues? And then I asked them just to summarize which candidate most agreed with their feelings on the issue and why, and then go back and look at, is this the candidate you originally supported? So if it's a candidate you originally supported, at least great, then you are picking someone who you can now articulate why you agree with them. And if it's a different candidate, then lesson learned that you can't just pick candidates out of the air, but you need to think about why do you support them? What are the issues? Do they agree with you? Do they disagree? If they disagree, maybe you should revisit uh, who you support, and at least then you'll be able to have an intelligent discussion. So my 
partial point was I didn't really want to get into uh, caring about who they supported as mm-hmm. much as as they get older, understanding that you have to research it, understand what candidates truly believe, and be able to explain it so that you're making an informed decision. So there are no wrong decisions, even if we can disagree about politics. There are no truly wrong decisions. They're just misinformed or better informed. And that's, that's a very good point. From a curricular point of view, that's what I'm trying to get them to think about. Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, um, how did, that, did that work out well? Did people uh, get into expressing themselves? And um, they they did, and it was interesting because there were some students, for example, who were for Trump, and they picked immigration because their families were immigrants. And as they started to look at the issues, they either said, "You know what." I agree with them, or they said, oh, my God, I'm horrified by this. And so in that, that would be an example of how people changed, or some people looked at um, Hillary Clinton's background, some of the positions she had taken as Secretary of State, and they said, no, this doesn't comport, or it does comport with what I would see as a good foreign policy. So it, I think it at least for a few minutes it had them thinking. One of the problems is, you know, they go home, they turn on CNN or Fox or MSNBC or their parents do. They don't, trust me, they don't. But their parents Uh put on and once they start hearing the filtered news, then they're right back to square one. So it's fighting that kind of a battle. One of the battles that I've had... uh... Um, I do this mostly on Facebook and on this particular show is uh, finding reliable sources of uh, um, information because people's definitions of reliable are not consistent. So uh, no. is, I used to recommend Snopes a lot because uh, to me uh, and to many of the people I interact with, Snopes seems to be a, a reliable source of information most of the time. Um, however, people who think differently uh, for me, uh, proclaim it biased. And it's proclaimed yeah, biased but often that it's suspect if you recommend it you know, the, uh, as, a, as a source of checking information because uh, then you're being biased by recommending that people go there to check things out. The, uh, I, so personally, I like Snopes. What I tell my students to check is a website, I think it's called Who Is, I forget whether it's .net or .com, there's both. But if you go to Who Is, it tells you who bought the domain name. And okay. the example I use, because I, I, when we go through how to do research, of course they all say .com is questionable, but then they say .org, .gov, .edu is better. And I say, is it really? And, and one of the examples we use is, I don't know if you've ever into the site, and I, I suggest you go hesitantly to martinlutherking.org. Okay. It is it is a white supremacist-run website. Hmm. And I tell and I tell them the only way you could really know that because is to go to this who is look at who bought the domain name. There's a guy named Don Black who actually bought it. And when you look him up. 
he is a leading white supremacist. And the entire website is filled with just horrible lies about Dr. King. And, and so it's a great example that even a .org site is totally misleading, totally corrupt in terms of the information and can't be used. So you do have to check. And, and even if one doesn't want to use Snopes, there are these other sites that, like Whois that gives you the ownership. And then you check the ownership. Sometimes that's not so easy, but in, in many cases you can tell who started it. And if it's a bunch of you know, people, there are a million sites on the Civil War. Actually, I'm right. sure there are a million sites on ancient Greece, right, which you would, yes. you would know better. It could be started by an enthusiast who's done very little research but likes to spit out what they learned in sixth-grade social studies and remember and glorify and then take books they've read that are fiction and turn into truth, and now they have a website. And the website purports to be all about ancient Greece. When it may or may not be accurate, it really depends on who started, what their knowledge base is, how well educated on the subject they are. So mm. it may be someone like you who knows a ton about it, or maybe somebody who just, you know, they read a um, a book. Who's the guy um, who wrote the whole series on ancient Greek gods? But fictionalized. Rick Riordan? Uh, Dan. Huh? Rick no, I think Riordan? Dan. Dan. The Percy Jackson series, yeah. Yeah, Rick Riordan. Rick Riordan. I'm sorry, you are right. Um, uh, Rick Riordan. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure that someone who's read those books has a certain knowledge, but is it enough to start a website where my students can then go and get accurate academic information. In the context of the so. book, yes, but the, the, yeah, the books are not very accurate, but they're, they're entertainment. And uh, right. Um, right. actually a lot of our information from antiquity is uh, from plays and from pottery and uh, from poems uh, and uh, from epics that were recited to people, you know, by uh uh, a campfire or a hearth. So uh, they, they were entertainment uh, as well, which is one of the paradoxes of uh, ancient lore. Yeah, it is. No question. But, but again, your understanding of it is far better probably than a 16-year-old who's a fan of Percy Jackson decides to start a website dedicated to it. Yes. Do I want my students going there for their information to write a research paper, for example? I I, I encounter that as I, I do a lot of things that are mythical, you know, uh, workshops and activities, and I encounter that a lot. Uh, I remember one time in Pennsylvania, somebody started an argument with me, uh, and uh, I tried to figure out where he was getting the things he was saying, and it turns out he got it from reading Wonder Woman. <laughs> he was incensed at the ancient Greeks because of uh, a story in the uh, you know comic book that uh, didn't really exist in antiquity. But th that's okay. We sorted it out and uh, uh, communicated better after that. <laughs>
Um, Jeff, we're at the end of our journey today. Um, my first uh, guest uh, never showed up. I wish I had known that because I enjoy speaking with you. And as I said to Mark Zinner recently, um, this uh, show uh, is a blessing to me on, on a different level than, uh, you know, sharing information and uh, um, talking in that I get a chance to talk to people that I'd like to talk to but never get a chance to. So uh, uh, thank you for this uh, conversation on a personal level as well as on a, uh, a show level. Well, I really appreciate it, and I enjoyed talking to you, Hercules. And, and at some point we need to talk, because I did listen to a lot of your show with Mark last week, and and I have oh, the same you. problem that my my sidewalks get snow plowed under after I clear my sidewalks. I don't mind the bottom of the driveway. I expect that. But the sidewalks, uh-huh. I get yeah, them sidewalks. cleared and and they're thrown up onto there. I, I've been so. coined a term for it, uh, um, shovel sadism. <laughs> snow shovel sadism. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say well, that's pretty accurate. Well, I thank you very much, and I look forward to having more discussions with you. I really do enjoy and appreciate. I would like to, um, what do you call it, uh, like with Mark, Mark's scheduled now. So, you know, unless something happens on his end or my end that we need to switch uh, the day, uh, he's on uh, the uh, um, the second um, Monday of the month. So what we can do is we can work on a regular time, and this will be easier for both of us. And if something comes up, and it often does, uh, we'll just switch it around. But this way, at least, we'll have a regular time, and uh, um, we can return to today's uh, topic because we didn't really get to discuss that very much. So, But thank you. No, we did talk a lot about education. Yeah, we did, but yeah. not about your, uh, your path, your unique path. So we, we will return to that. All right. Sounds like a great plan. You have a good evening, and thank you again, Hercules. You too, Jeff, and thank you very much. Um, We're going to listen to Bone Poets Orchestra's Evolve, and then we'll be back with the Sussex Report, hosted by Astrid. Die. Life. 
I'm Hercules Invictus, and now I switch hats from being a host to being a guest on Astrid's wonderful show, The Sussex Report. Greetings and welcome to your show, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. Fine. We've survived uh, more snow, wintry mix, and eventual freezing rain up here in Sussex County, and we're still connected to the Internet. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. Um, Most definitely. I, you know, I was concerned about that. I was saying, because uh, I know how it is to be isolated. We lived in uh, northeastern uh, Pennsylvania, 
And uh, there, a lot of times with the with the snow, we'd be cut off, you know, from everything, you know, no electricity, no internet, no telephone. Well, you know snow. how it is. It's a plus and minus <laughs> of living within nature. If you have forested and woodland areas and empty lots on manned property, very often, uh, you know, you have the down trees because they're not being maintained. And hence, therefore, that, uh, that ends up with the wires coming down and power outages. And uh, trees that are not uh, tended sometimes rot from the inside and fall when the weather is uh, yes. uh, not nice. You're right. And waterlogged and then the winds, as you were saying before to me, you know, if the wind uh, comes, uh, the, the, these water-laden branches, the dead branches, uh, just break off and snap. And no underground wires here with all the, the rock formations in Sussex County, that's for sure. And that's always in Pennsylvania, too. Mm-hmm. But Sussex County has a lot of wonderful things going on, and I really appreciate uh, your taking uh, the show in that direction because uh, that was one of the early dreams that we had you know, discussed when we first started talking about uh, uh, doing the Elysian Project in the different shows, that uh, to point people in the direction of assistance that they may not know is there. Definitely. Uh, and, and, you know, there's so much negativity. And, and I mean, yes. the whole point is to, to transfer knowledge and the right information to communicate it to our readers. But there are so many things that are going on in a positive nature on local levels that people have no knowledge of. And it, it's nice to bring that out. So if it, if it does supply a need or it supplies information to our readers, you know, how much better does that make life? <laughs> Correct. And, uh, I have one funny comment where you're talking about the uh, snow removal and, and sidewalks and driveways. Well, well, up here we have um, a different situation. In order for the the plows to get close enough, they, they get very close to the roads. We don't have curbs in most areas here. Uh, it's uh-huh. natural land, and we have the dilemma of mailbox uh, destruction. So you see a lot of the, the last snow we had, there are a lot of mailboxes just clinging to diagonal uh, angles at this point or smushed, and they, they really cannot be closed now, and, and it's just the way it is. It's a part of life. Again, you know, you have certain aspects that happen when you live in a, a rural area, and they're trying to do the best job they can, and every once in a while you get an oops. <laughs> Yep, I don't mind the oopses, the occasional oopses, but some people <laughs> seem to take delight in, in doing it. <laughs> I remember in Pennsylvania, I stood in the middle of the ground and like dared the person to to plow me over, and then they came out of the plow and started yelling, and I started yelling back and and telling them that they are always burying, uh, you know, my thing, and they see me there. And uh, after that uh, argument, and luckily it didn't uh, escalate to blows or anything, uh, the guy, all he had to do was just re-angle the shovel for a second or just drive like a foot deeper into the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) and avoid the whole problem. So he started doing it after that, and uh, he was the primary offender. Well, at least you had managed to uh, entice him to do the right thing by you and other residents. Yeah, I didn't know if he'd run me over because we were we we're in a mountain <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> but I have some interesting information about Sussex County, the things that are okay. that are happening here, and and we've talked about uh, philanthropy and and these uh, local uh, businesses that um, that really 
put forward their their time and their money into the community and, and look mm-hmm. actively uh, search out different ways they can help. One would be Thor Labs. Now I know Thor Labs. It's located in Newton. I mean they're a very large concern, but they they are located in Newton, and I know they're preparing plans for two major projects in the Newton area for expansion. And uh, the idea is to combine all the Thor Labs and all the subsidiary properties in the area under one uh, uh, one ownership. And uh, they're looking at creating areas that are like a green area, parking spaces. Um, It should be interesting to see, you know, where that goes. And I don't know if that has any effect on on the, the one piece of news I have. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But it's definitely smart for a company to um, to invest within the uh, the county. And Thor Lab did donate close to ten thousand dollars to a um, grant program located in Byram Township, their STEM program. So this would yeah. enable, yeah, isn't that great? It enables the uh, STEM STEM specialist to extend their after-school program. Uh, add double the size, new advisors, a lot of technological materials, and this is the way to go. I mean, these these are programs that will definitely benefit the students and possibly create more interest and lay down uh, the groundwork for career awareness for them. I found an article on it, so I'm going to post it uh, in the thread with your show. Oh, great. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's great that they take an active involvement for whatever reason, whether it's laying the foundation, you know, for future uh, programs or, or buildings or planning committees. It, the fact that they're doing it and they're, they're investing in education is a great thing. And uh, Sussex Community College does a lot of different things. I didn't realize all the different things they do besides um, the college programs, but they have a, a – um, uh, a person there, uh, Lemperly, a woman that 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 organizes different activities on the weekend, and they have a really popular local event coming up. Started about nine years ago, and it is a ladies' retreat, and that happens basically in I think it's April. Yes, it's on a Sunday, and um, it's a really great thing because it, it involves a lot of different uh, workshops. Workshops such as money management, writing memoirs, uh, gold visualization, wine glass painting, and a group of other vendors. They have different vendors that would be interesting to women. And there are two different prices. You can go, um, you know, the basic for the whole day, uh, and you could extend it to dinner and a comedy evening at night. So, um I know for a fact that I will be doing a presentation there with uh, with a friend of mine who is a an expert on young living oils. So the people that are looking for a homeopathic approach and using uh-huh. 100% pure oils but, and want to become educated using them, how to use them properly, um, we'll be doing a workshop on that. So that's one type of workshop. So I'm glad to see they're doing a wide range of workshops. That's a really great thing. That sounds awesome. Uh, we have similar things uh, here in Bergen uh, County, and they're always great uh, to attend and uh, to learn new things and to meet with other people. And uh, one of uh, the hosts uh, of uh, one of our shows on the optimal wellness uh, date of the Elysium Project, uh, Jared Hosek, he's the publisher of Natural Awakenings Magazine. 
Oh, wow, uh, wonderful. Doing a lot of community building throughout uh, New Jersey uh, so that people who are interested in non-traditional uh, therapies uh, can interact better and reach more people with uh, with their message. So th- there's a lot of great stuff going on. I'm glad it's happening out there as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, there are some other things going on. I was unaware of um, this group, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, they're offering a, um, a great, 12-session family education course, and it will be in Hardyston Township. It's on Thursday evenings beginning February 21st, and it's it's being provided to support and educate family members and close friends of individuals who do have mental illness, and it teaches the participants how to manage the different crises that occur, solve problems, how to communicate effectively with their loved ones, how to advocate for them, and how to Mm -hmm. manage their own stress. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And uh, they have, it's listed, this group, Family to Family, is listed on the National Registry of Evidence-Based Programs and Practices. And 300,000 members have graduated from this course throughout the nation. So that's a really great thing, that we're starting to see things that have critical information and strategies. It's not just the typical type of a program, but they're actually giving you hands-on strategies. And um, the group setting is really great. It reinforces things from people who have been uh, through all this, and confidentiality is always respected. I know they're covering things like uh, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, borderline personality disorder, um, anxiety disorders, including panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, obsessive-compulsive disorder. So uh, these are this is a, a wide range of topics here that we're talking about. And that's a tw- it's going to be held on Thursday evening, starting February 21st, in the Westies Gymnastics in Hardyston. And mm-hmm. I think we, I basically sent you all of that information, so you can post it. Because I the sure contact, agree. great, because that contact information is is a big thing. You know, having it at the hand, so in case people want it, or if they decide that you know they would like to look into it more, they can actually contact you know, the necessary people for that. When uh, um, April comes around and we launch the uh, Career Center at the uh, Creskill Public Library, or the expanded uh, Career Center, actually, um, wow. one of the things that we're working on is to uh, uh, basically uh, have a resource that can better connect people to all these wonderful uh, things. And uh, we already have plans to replicate it beyond uh, Tenafly, um, even as far away as uh, Utah. <laughs> so Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. And uh, um, it's all going to be, as you're doing here on the show, just to, uh, through the library, uh, to show people that uh, they're, even though things are being cut left and right and everything seems to be uh, negative and dark, uh, there are still so many people who care about their communities and are doing things, whether through uh, funded programs or uh, through business-sponsored programs or from the kindness of their own heart. Uh, but there are people who are 
still out there trying to make this world a better place and trying to help people through difficult times. Uh, so Definitely. all the stuff you've been giving is like phenomenal. Yeah, and it's great to see that there's so much happening in, in this county because we're basically touching on, on a part of it. And in the future, we will, um, I will access guest speakers from these organizations so they can give more detailed information on their organization and what else they provide. Uh, another interesting aspect, which is provided by Project Self-Sufficiency, which we always talk about in terms of uh, all the programs that they have, is a... Um, a special training session, and they're free. I think it's the two times in two two different dates. Yeah, it's the 13th and the 20th of February. Well, the 13th's gone already. And then uh-huh. um, it's in the morning, and they have an evening one. But this is really great because it talks about um, the prevention of child sexual assault, and it's open to teens and adults. And they they go into a lot of different information. It's community-wide education initiative aimed to mobilize adults and communities to prevent child sexual assault by increasing awareness of safe practices for, uh, for uh, victims. They're, they're putting it out there to educators, to high school youth, and training teachers, parents, administrators, coaches, and other youth-serving professionals how to recognize it and how to, to give children strategies to deal with it. And, again, I gave you the uh, website information, so if um, you contact them directly, I'm sure you could still get involved with, um, with them on, on future ones. So that uh-huh. was a really great thing, too. I, I was really impressed with that. Again, hands-on information. That's what we're looking for. Yes, you, you even provided telephone numbers, which I posted. Right, and I, it was interesting. We talked a little bit about the Little Sprouts Early Center, Learning Center, and uh, self-sufficiency being involved with um, getting speakers for the uh, from the area. And they had they just recently had the president of Spear Construction Corporation in Andover visit, and he read. And he was really impressed and talked about all the different things that, you know, that go on in preschool that people are unaware of. And, and again, here's another local business person that's taking an active part in the community, taking time from his, his schedule, and it serves a dual purpose. He becomes more aware and he becomes an ambassador to talk about preschool education and the project self-sufficiency. And the school, the school children benefit from having him come in. That that is awesome. We have uh, a woman here in uh, Tenafly who owns a nail salon, who is supporting a school uh, in uh, her homeland, uh, where there's a lot of fighting between different religious groups, and the fighting mm-hmm. stopped so that they all the kids could participate in getting an education. It's a remarkable story, and I'll be wow. inviting her to come on. Uh, uh, sometime soon. Uh, that is fantastic, and that is something that should be focused on. Uh, I'm a small business uh, owner, and uh, I belong to our Chamber of Commerce, uh, and I think very highly of our Chamber of Commerce, and I get involved uh, whenever I can in things that the Chamber is doing, um, and uh, I'm on the Board of Trustees now uh, as well. So, um, you know, a lot of businesses are doing a lot of great things. And, and again, uh, although they're sometimes covered in the local papers, people don't really know about all the wonderful things that the, the businesses that serve their community are doing. So thank you for bringing attention to that. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. It's great to know that we have all these these wonderful things going on and people that are willing to volunteer their time. Um, I'm sure that the religious and spiritual organizations uh, that are in uh, Sussex County uh, do the same. Um, They're very here, active. Uh, very, very uh, active. Yeah, here I'm uh, contacting them for the career uh, program. And uh, I'm finding out how many things that they offer to the community uh, as well. So I'm going to try to draw attention to all these other things in case people come looking for employment or career change uh, uh, need those services. And they're right there. You know, uh, they're right there. Definitely. And now looking at the um, the national level, and there's just so much that you can talk about on that level, but we won't get into, you know, the big major ones that will be going on and on for who knows how long. Um, I just thought it was interesting that uh, Bernie Sanders, and we'll say this in a very positive way, that Bernie Sanders announced that he was putting his name out there in the ring, and in one day, in his announcement, in half a day, $4 million donated to his cause. Wow. In 24 hours, up to $6 million. More wow. than 225,000 donations, donors from regular people because he refuses to accept money from corporations and lobbyists. And uh, unfortunately, there was a comment made, I don't know if it was on Twitter or the news, because one never knows, where a president said, oh, he missed his time, and about uh, the fact that it will be E-77. But um, I find it very hard to understand why somebody would mention age when um, he himself is over 70. Yes. But yeah, I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't <laughs> underestimate uh, Bernie. Bernie, uh, Bernie seems to have his pulse on what people are actually uh, feeling and wanting. And again, right. uh, some people would d- deny him uh, a chance at the presidency for a variety of reasons, including, as you pointed out, uh, his age. Uh, but his voice uh, is certainly supporting. He has definitely been, no matter what anybody wants to say about his ideas or this or that, because the, the Vermonters love him. Uh, but he, what he says, he follows through. His whole time up on the hill in Washington has been spent professing his uh, his beliefs and the beliefs of all the people, not just one group not just one group. And people have seen that, and it was seen in, in the um, the Democratic primary where he actually nabbed like 40% of uh, the delegates. But, I mean, of course, it went to Hillary. But I'm saying since when does somebody get that close to the uh, favorite candidate? You know, amazing. He yeah, definitely has the following. And it has to do with his the way he firmly believes and will fight for what he believes doesn't change with him according to which group he's speaking to it's it's the same story you know he's very into the anti-corruption and speaking of anti-corruption we're looking now at the hr1 bill being pushed in the protection of voting protection of voter rights that was being done in the house but now i hear that um that uh, Senator Tom Udall from um, New Mexico is doing a companion bill, presenting a companion bill in the Senate to curtail the lobbying and uh, that's being done by you know, large groups and looking for protection of voter rights. 
Uh, of course, there's trouble already in terms of Mitch McConnell stating that uh, he's scoffing at the whole thing and, and any any little aspect of it. He's going on the uh, absolute attack and, and with these ridiculous comments. But let's now that we have the Senate pushing a companion bill to the um, uh, the House, it should be interesting to see, you know, where this goes. Yes, most, most certainly so. This is uh, we're living in very interesting times. Um, and uh, very times that will shape our future, maybe the future of the entire human race. So this is uh, uh, a very uh, exciting time to be alive. Yeah, and I'm glad that people are, are, are actually talking about that. The, they're not just talking, they're looking to provide action against some of the things that we saw in that last election. And, uh, you know, it's frightening. Yeah. And uh, there are certain things that have to be resolved. Recusal needs to be uh, in place on every level, not just the local level. So if someone's in direct conflict, they need to recuse themselves from being a prosecutor, being the head of a bureau that has where they have no place at all if they're in in. Uh, in I don't want to say the word cahoots, but if they've been had ties to lobbying for for uh, for corporations that are in direct violation with those bureaus, so we shall see. I, I know that the uh, there will be some problems with that Keystone pipeline construction. I mean, it was halted, yes. but um, the president's pushing the courts to resume construction, and they're looking to appeal Montana's decision to block it. You know the crude pipeline project, and uh, of course, one of the people that's uh, really involved with um, being vocal in that and the public lands package that was just created, the Senate actually passed sweeping um, package pro- protecting public lands, and that oh, was like I think ninety-eight to two, uh, brought up by Senator John, uh, John Tester. Um, Ted Cruz of Texas, of course, voted against it because in in Texas he his the quote was he is transferring he's for transferring as much public land to uh, as possible to the private sector, and and coming from Texas, you know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, that uh, I'm very sobered uh, by the. Uh, Warnings of our scientists, and I'm not a catastrophist. You know, I, right. I I don't believe that the end of the world is coming, but hearing these warnings from uh, um, those who are learned globally um, really makes me concerned. Uh, and even if this is not, you know, even if we have more than 12 years before us, you know, until we've reached the point of no return, I really feel that now is the time to listen. Uh, because uh, in addition to some of the great uh, oil spills in our oceans, we still have the uranium uh, from Fukushima in the ocean. Most and, uh, definitely. Most definitely. Spill. So, what do you go? We we have to unite uh, as a, as a human race at some point to address these uh, problems because our, our future as a species uh, is. Uh, in uh, peril, uh, as is uh, the the fate of all of life on the planet, and uh, so 
Um, I'm trying to figure out ways that I can devote as much of my time as I can toward that because everything else kind of falls by the wayside, you know, when your extinction is looming on the horizon. Oh, definitely. And, and, and it's no different. You make the analogy of a person who is, you know, wants to curtail certain bad habits. You know, when it's smaller, you can, it's much easier to curtail it when it gets to the midpoint. You know, with your health, you know, you, you have to think seriously about it. And then there comes the point of no return that you, you can say, I should have done, I could have done, but I didn't. Well, it's right. too late. It's too late then, you know, in terms of, uh, of resolving the issue then. And um, here's a, a local little situation in, in direct, um, that relates to it directly, and that's the township of Vernon. They have been protesting, oh, God, for a while now, and, and involved the EPA coming to Vernon with a dump site on someone's property. And this involved oh, something like, um, I don't know how many tons of dirt, with dump trucks coming all the time in a local area with this dirt on the person's property. Uh, there were fines involved in, in Vernon. And um, supposedly he's even changed the times when um, the, trump, the trucks would be dumping because they would be coming from during the week. Well, now it's holidays and weekends. Right. And then they would come in as early as 5.30 in the morning and as late as 10 o'clock at night. And he did violate a uh, 2014 stop work order from the Soil Conservation District who is an, in, is an arm of the um, State Agricultural Department, because they regulate mm -hmm. soil movement. You can't do things. I mean, obviously he wants to make some money. Uh, this person has gone into foreclosure, <laughs> and there is, a, uh, I think, a public notice indicating the property has accrued more than 642000 unpaid mortgage fees, taxes, blah, blah, blah. And um, the concern is, when you're dealing with dumping in a, in a rural area, you're talking about wells. And yes. these people are extremely concerned that live there, that their wells will be damaged beyond belief, besides the health risks. Um, what's in the dirt, I'm not too sure. I haven't, uh, you know, I'm sure there's, there has to be some reason that there, there, um, there's validity to this. Of course, the EPA went out there and said, oh, you know, the amounts of the dirt or the testing of the dirt, you know, didn't point up an, enough of a, um, um, of a percentage of, 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 of products that were detrimental. But the point is, it's a commercial landfill and it's a residential zone. And he right. violated a stop work order. Uh, I had heard that the, the uh, dumping area is supposedly 75 feet high. So wow. it's, it's it's interesting, you know how how one can uh, a person can just be self-serving, looking to uh, work out his financial problems, but yet violate the whole community. So I know that Josh Gottheimer has been there. He's been in touch with the um, the uh, EPA, and I think they also had a. Uh, a website um, involved. Anybody wants to get involved with it or no, learn more about it, it is www.nvernondumping.org. 
nvernondumping.org. Okay. Yeah, e n d b e r n o n d u m p i n g. Yeah. So end dumping the Vernon dumping. So it's nice to see that there are people that are that committed to the environment and to their community. So they're just not. They had a protest group there uh, recently, and um, they haven't given up, even with the EPA not being very uh, friendly to their uh, objections. They have not given up, and I'm glad to see that they are educating others as well by having this website. Awesome. And our journey nears its completion for the day. Thank you very much for all the information. Oh, uh, my pleasure. It's great to you as always. I'm looking forward to the next time we connect, uh, both on the air and in person. Uh, thank you so much, and may we not have a frost uh, tonight. Uh, Definitely. And, and, and on a closing yeah. note, I think Bill Waitman is your next guest. And yes. he, he had a great article in the uh, Township Journal related to climate change. So I wow. have to save that for you. He talked about 2018 being the fourth warmest year on record. Tell Bill that we do read his letters. I will tell Bill. Bill's actually here, so he's heard that. And I don't know if his ears were ringing uh, or if he was tuned <laughs> in before he dialed in. But uh, I talked about how he was one of my inspirations for getting involved in uh, politics. And uh, uh, the, the long history we've had, even though we only touched the base uh, briefly, uh, and he's the one that actually suggested years ago uh, that we do a political uh, radio show. And then we both got busy with things and years passed until it actually happened. But uh, that was his uh, idea initially. So I, I There you go. It came full circle. Well, thank you very much, Astrid, and I will talk to you very soon. Most definitely, and thank you as well. And we will listen to Bone Poets Orchestra's Evolve, and then we'll be back with Bill Waitman and I on Northern New Jersey.
Project Path of Personal Service, and uh, or Public Service, also called the Path of uh, Leadership and the Path of uh, Politics. And I am honored to introduce uh, Bill Waitman, who is the host of Eye on Northern New Jersey. He has an excellent show lined up uh, tonight, as he always does, with fascinating uh, guests. And I'm looking forward to putting on my hat of uh, producer and engineer and listening to uh, what is to come. Greetings, Bill. It's it's great to be here on such a night. <laughs> uh, were your ears ringing better. earlier? I talked about uh, a little bit about what uh, inspired uh, this uh, podcast and what it's inspired me getting involved in politics. And I spoke about you. And uh, Astrid said some uh, really awesome things uh, about you in her segment as well. I, she seems, I, you know, I don't even know that I'm in that paper. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I, 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 I did write a, a thing on, on climate change. And uh, 17 out of the last 18 or 19 years have been the warmest on record. So there's something going on there. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, this was the fourth largest. And, and there are doubters everywhere, as Tom and... Uh, Daniel will probably know, um, but we do have some serious issues. I will let you to your show now, and if you have links to these articles, I'll gladly post them on my timeline let people know about them. No problem. Okay. Okay, be well. We'll, we'll see how we go. Okay, uh, do I have Dan and uh, Tom on? Yes. Yes, What's Bill, I'm here. Okay, I guess I didn't get Tom, are you here too? Yes, I'm here. And, um, and this is Dan. I'm here. How are you guys doing? Uh, it's a cold night, but you probably got this storm before us. Uh, uh, Tom is up in, uh, he's in New York State. He comes from my area, so I, I think he moved to a frigid zone, more frigid than <laughs> we are. <laughs> I couldn't make it up there, uh, Tom. I couldn't make it home. So I'm at my daughter's house uh, five miles from New York. I got a thing in New York City tomorrow on innovation and technology at some mm-hmm. part of the uh, state of New Jersey, um, New York's uh, State University. Um, but in any event, uh, that uh, Henry, Henry something on 38th Street, I, I missed a whole bunch of them. I want to ask you, Tim, before we start, I, 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 I want both of you to give me a little background if you can. Uh, uh, Tom, why don't you start? You're a professor. Uh, 
uh, you're over at Pace or you're going back to Pace, uh, you're a valuable <laughs> asset. And then, Tom, you're an author. I mean, uh, Daniel, you're an author. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about your book, and then we'll get into this stuff. Okay. Well, sounds good. Yeah, pretty cut and dry. Start just... with Tom. All right. Well, uh, I was well. I was a high school teacher uh, down in Newark uh, for about ten years, and uh, during that time, I, I was um, hoping to do a little more in education. So I went and got my master's and uh, and uh, left the high school teaching, but. Uh, most of all, I've just been an adjunct um, part-time professor at uh, different colleges in New Jersey. And since I moved up here, I got a position at Pace. And uh, I don't have a course this semester, but uh, I had one last semester and hope to have one next semester in September. But well, uh, Pace is an excellent university in the New York uh, tri-state area. Uh, pretty heavy a business school at that. Uh, so th- I congratulate you on that. I've been an adjunct on and off for 17, 18 years uh, doing my regular mm-hmm. job, which was in Trenton or in Detroit. Uh, and I worked out of uh, I worked out of Daniel's area in Raleigh. <laughs> I lost the grants mm-hmm. in North Carolina uh, on, on a coding system for occupations. Why don't you uh, tell me you have a new book out? I haven't been able to get it. They finally are putting a new lock on my uh, mailbox. I can't get to a rural post office quick enough to get my mail. Um, so I, I know I'm. Is it there that I have to pay for the book? Is it or, or? No, 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 no. I'm here. Uh, I'm glad you find. I'm glad you got it, uh, and I'm thankful to be no, here with two of y'all. Okay, both of y'all are my Facebook friends. I, I, I want to read it because uh, I, I did read the last one, I, and uh, uh, I, was, I was really impressed. And I want to tell you, I, I was going to try to put another figure or two on here tonight, and one was Gwen, but I know she'll never do the show. Uh, she doesn't live in I – don't, I don't want to give any secrets, but she really doesn't live in New Jersey anymore. But uh, don't tell her I said that. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me both ask you questions of the day. And then I'm going to go to individual areas. Uh, before coming on tonight, uh, just give me a brief response to this. Um, a Coast Guard, uh, a Coast Guard uh, man uh, was caught with 1,500 rounds and a, a, a wish list of politicians to kill, which included uh, uh, Schumer uh, in the Senate and uh, Pelosi, uh, Joe Scarborough. I don't know who. I mean, he's had problems with Trump. Uh, uh, this time, Dan, why don't you go? Take a quick, what do you think of this? Well, I'm thankful that he was caught, uh, first of all, uh, you know, and uh, having times we're in, having people out there like that, you know, so ready to do uh, something of that nature. Uh, glad he was caught and uh it, it, it seems like there's a growing club of people who were living under threat over the last year uh, or, or more. You know, we think of, you know, the Michael Cohen under threat, uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. You know, it's no yes. secret people are under threat these days. It'll tell us something about our times. You know, these are some pretty extraordinary times we're living in. And my first thought is I'm glad he got caught. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. What, what about you, Tom? What do you think about this issue? 
I know. Uh, well, I, th- I think it's an issue of. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an issue of fanaticism. Uh, it's uh, growing and growing. We're we're going further and further apart, and it's uh, East Side um, used to have some good views, but now they're controlled by fanatics like this, and uh, and uh, we really need to find some middle ground here. And uh, and it doesn't seem like we're even even debating one issue. We're debating there are issues that aren't even opposite of each other. Just 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 have fanatical opinions about certain things and take action like that that uh, you know doesn't make any sense you got to think about other person's point of view and it's just not happening so I don't know why you know we came so close I, to New Jersey uh, I ran in 1993 for the assembly and uh, Florio was our governor and uh, uh, the assembly uh, again was the lower house uh, of the New Jersey legislature but uh, Florio brought a bunch of people uh, Oh, God, the uh, Speaker of the Assembly, I can't remember his name. He's out of Bayonne. Oh, Joe Doria. And uh, when you see the picture, if it exists, it looks like I've got my hand in his pocket because he's a big man and he blocked me out. But we uh, lost, Florio lost that election. I lost that election. And uh, uh, Whitman came in, and she was a fanatic for guns. And we never seemed to get back, you know, to that. Um I'm hoping that there's some change coming. I'm hoping that well, my my next question is: Do either of you have a a favorite pick uh, for president uh, out of the uh, the next race? Is, you know, is it Sanders or uh, Amy out in Minnesota or uh, Kamala in? Uh, I hope I said her name right out in San Francisco or Joe Biden who doesn't? I guess he doesn't know whether he's going to get in or not. Or any of the other uh, other candidates, including Cory Booker from this state. Well, I and guess I'll go with. Uh, um, I, I guess uh, the choice we have to make at this point in time is anybody who can beat Trump, I guess, and uh, because uh, I don't see how we can go another four years of this. But uh, I haven't really picked one. Uh, I'm glad Bernie got in. Um, I wish he was uh, got in when he was younger, but. Uh, and he's getting up there, and uh, that that weighs heavy on my mind. Although I'm his age, so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I would I I think we <laughs> I would like to see uh, the complete opposite of what's going on now, and Bernie would be the one. <laughs> you look at it that way. We need we need sort of something completely different, uh, opposite what we have now, and Bernie would be it, uh, I suppose. And um, you know, there's some other viable candidates and. Um, whatever the Democratic Party decides uh, which way to go with either Bernie or some of the more moderate, uh, you know, I don't know if a moderate, you know, you know I think people want a real change and uh, or an opposite change, <laughs> a really dramatic well, change, and they might go you know, for Bernie. Medicare seems to be a big <laughs> issue now. Uh, mm. I mean, I go back, you guys, well, I'm old too, <laughs> I should tell you that. I uh, remember as a little kid uh, seeing uh, Harry Truman. I didn't know who he was, but my father used to take the ferry from New Jersey to New York so I could see John Wayne movies. I think it was a horse soldiers or something. And there was uh, Harry Truman walking down the street. <laughs> and I didn't know who he was, but yeah. I asked my dad. Um, and he had no security, which is strange. He just took no. those walks, whatever. But, um, uh, you know, Medicare for All was basically something that he was in favor of in, I guess, uh, 1948 or so. And it never came to fruition. What about uh, what about you, uh, Daniel? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little bit. I'm not trying to be non-committal, but it's a little bit early because the field is still uh, receiving candidates. Uh, you guys have both already mentioned uh, what I feel to be the most important thing, is, and that's looking for the space of common agreement. Uh, you know, uh, all the different viewpoints. Uh, definitely uh, Trump doesn't need to make it. We know that. Uh, you know, I'm glad. But as far as uh, – well, go ahead. I – I don't think we can – you're right. I don't think we can survive uh, four more years with Trump. I mean the stuff that's coming out in the news, even if he uh, – with Mueller's report due out next week or the week after, uh, I don't know what to believe when I watch CNN because I watch Cuomo, and sometimes he covers both sides of the issue, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> and and uh, I look at some of the others too, and the shows just follow one another, and I get addicted, but I don't get an answer. I, I don't – somebody – I go to Florida, and um, uh, I picked up somebody down there, and she's on my Facebook page, but she criticized me every day. And I saw Biden and uh, uh, Beto there from Texas. And T- Beto actually pretty much helped take uh, take a number of seats in, in, in the congressional uh, division uh, from them. And uh, I just wanted to give you a news story that I saw today, and you'll see it posted. Trump vetoed a, a program, this is nasty, $928 million for uh, a railroad system for California. Now, if California was a, a nation, it would be the fifth largest economy in the world. Uh, it's yeah. ahead of the U- U.K., and it's, uh, and it's behind uh, Germany. I, I, I don't know what this you know, territorial fighting about and anything else is about. I've never seen this. You talked about age. I don't remember anything like it. I mean, you you come in on this, Tom. I remember Nixon. I thought he was a crook. I was a college protester and did all that stuff. But in some cases, like uh, the climate, he created a wonderful department. It's been now staffed with one idiot after another. I, I mean, um, I, you look back in history, and I, I post this all the time. There are five administrations that were really bad. I can only think of two at the moment, U.S. Grant and uh, Warren G. Harding and Nixon, of course, but uh, Nixon had some uh, possibilities. And the other two that I can't remember, they did some good things and changed their ways. Um, I've never seen anything, and it's like we're in shock. Do you agree that we're in shock? You both can join in on this. Yeah, well, my Bill, I'd ask you a question. The like the the uh, that that night Nixon second term, I wasn't alive then. How'd he win in a forty-nine state landslide? Oh, being God. under I had a bumper uh, sticker, and I, I know Tom Tom would have that bumper sticker remembered. He only <laughs> the Democrat only carried Massachusetts. <laughs> I had a bumper sticker said, "Don't blame me." I wanted. I wanted <laughs> how many? How many months later was it he resigned? Was it six months? Nine months? Oh God! I, Tom, was it seventy-two? I believe it was seventy-two, and uh, <clears throat> I guess he. Uh, I only remember about the, what they were saying, and it was uh, you won't have Nixon to kick around anymore, because you know he always ran and always lost, but when he started winning, you know, kept winning, so. But uh, you know, 
I don't want to go too far back because I'll, I'll blow Daniel's head, but uh, I don't. Hmm. We've really had a strange pace of uh, presidential elections. I, I liked the senior George Bush. I didn't like his son. Uh, I, I never really hated any Republican. I protested against Nixon. Uh, mm. I knew the two Kennedys. I was in West Virginia uh, when Robert Kennedy was assassinated. I was working in his campaign. And that was like, uh, I come from a mining, you know this, Tom. I come, we come from a mining section of uh, New yeah. Jersey. But uh, yeah. the Luminous, shut. Luminous Thomas Edison left the county uh, and went to Montana. That was his only failure, I think. But uh, hmm. things that we're hearing now uh, coming out of, uh, you know, ne- uh, from the president, these tweets are getting worse and worse. Um, I think he's feeling I, the I heat, Bill. Think, what? He's feeling the heat. He's feeling hmm. the heat, and I, um, uh, I think uh, McCabe is actually a national hero. I don't understand what the six people on the or the eight people on the Gang of Eight in Congress, Senate, and the House didn't do something. Maybe they're not allowed. I mean, we should have uh, uh, we should have really done something earlier in the game. And I, I'm, I'm going to give you something, and I don't know if you picked up on it. I have a friend in uh, Taiwan, and uh, their president, the woman, uh, not from the old party of Chiang Kai-shek, uh, she gave a, a speech last night worldwide saying what's happening over there. They expect to be invaded. And um, uh, more and more, I'm not a hawk on defense. I I belong to the Foreign Policy Association. I just joined the Naval Institute, uh, and um, I'm I'm with the council, whatever it is. What do you guys think about uh, Russian collusion, Chinese uh, moving up in artificial intelligence, and uh, do those things actually threaten us? Sure they do. We're not keeping up with uh, with the uh, new technology and everything because uh, I guess the conservative mentality is still likes oil and uh, because they like money, I suppose, and uh, that's a problem. We need to compete with the rest of the world and technology and uh, you know uh, different uh, types of um, uh, of um, instead of oil, you know. Uh, Solar and all those things, and they're moving ahead of us. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen in our country if uh, you know we don't pro- do have some progress. Uh, progress comes with a price, but you know you got to keep up. Well, I, 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 I'm not a hawk, but the Arctic Sea is now an Arctic lake, and the Russian fleet is up there. I mean, you, you see all the pictures of polar bears darting all over, and no place to go. But the Russian <laughs> Navy has its has part of its full fleet up there. And, uh, you know, we deal with a president that you saw those pictures when he was in uh, Helsinki. Uh, I've never seen any president, any president. And, you know, uh, I don't remember Truman, but I I vaguely remember parts of the Korean War. Um, My father was supposed to be called up for the Korean War. He was in the Navy and he was supposed to be called up for the Cuban uh, Missile Crisis. Um, But I've never seen uh, I've never seen one party switch so much uh, to, to actually protect the president. And that's the Republican well, Party with the Russians. Well, you know, they're getting their ideas or their ideology across now with this guy, and uh, that's why. And they're going to try to get as much done as they can uh, while they got him in there, you know. And 
they're going to pay the price, I, I hope, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be done. I don't know what's going to happen to the Republican Party the way it is now. But, uh, you know, Trump is one of the, is, is uh, what I like to call one of the good old boys. You know, if you're not a good old boy in his uh, circle of good old boys, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're not part of the group. And, uh, they want to be a good old boys. <laughs> you know, you so, heard, do you uh, remember, uh, oh, go ahead. But no, no, I'm Back to your uh, to the premise of your question. Uh, do you remember uh, back when President Obama found found out uh, about the uh, some of the things Russia was doing, and he told us that he mentioned to Putin to knock it off. Uh, and then, but do you remember that it was reported that Obama went to McConnell and McConnell? Do you remember what Senator McConnell I told him? He ignored it, yeah. I'm going to politicize the whole thing. Now, don't let me misquote it. Let it be a paraphrase. Uh, Pretty strong and deep forces at play here. You know, uh, we've already covered the fact of uh, the threat uh, that Americans have been living under. We've seen the darker forces become emboldened. Uh, Bill, have you seen the uh, coverage asking questions about Trump? Possibly being a Russian agent? Yes, that's frightening. That's why I said McCabe uh, is a hero in a sense because Congress did nothing about this and they had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing that bothers me is that the case in New York against Trump, where he wanted to substitute a um, uh, his former prosecutor, somebody that he had knew, to take over the running of that case in New York City. Uh, I think the New York Times did a Great job on that, and they did a great job. The New York Times and he calls them the failing paper, but about three weeks ago he was saying how great they were. But the Times and the Washington Post have got his number, and some of the small papers uh, have his uh, have his number too. I mean, two or three hundred uh, wrote editorials about him. This is this is frightening. I mean, uh, Daniel. Tom and I were were kids, maybe in high school. I was in eighth grade uh, with the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. I had met Kennedy mm-hmm. when I was ten years old in Teaneck, New Jersey, uh, at an army. Yes, you told me. And and I met uh, Sorensen. I constantly tell you about him. And the two of them wrote a book about profiles and courage. And uh, mm-hmm. yep, and yep. you know, they were patriotic. Uh, I'm not saying Nixon wasn't patriotic, but he opened up. Uh, China and Kissinger played a role. I think I heard that he belittled Kissinger. Uh, but uh, Nixon had some foreign policy. But the things that they lied about was Vietnam. Uh, everybody, just all the way up to probably Eisenhower, maybe. I don't know if Truman, Truman well, was in well, uh, there's a There's a name you mentioned there, Kissinger. He's still around, I think, right? Do you recall when after Trump won the nomination how he sort of he had this list of judges he presented, you know, to sort of sway people over his direction. And mm-hmm. people, uh, Henry Kissinger came in and sat with him, had a meeting with him one time. I mean, I wonder what that was about. That, that was to help some people, the old guard, sort of try to come over towards Trump. There's big things at play here, Bill, a lot of lot, lot coming out. I just do a lot of observing. No, you're, you're right on the money. I mean, uh I mean, we've never lived through times like this. I, I mean, uh, I mean, my my parents, uh, Pearl Harbor, uh, whatever. Um, 
There was more trust in politicians of both parties. I mean, there was some criminality in Warren G. Harding with Teapot Dome. Uh, Harry Truman was came out of a crooked uh, uh, administration out of Missouri, but he basically was a hat maker. And, you know, uh, he's just a common guy. And he, uh, we don't have, you know, I think the first Bush was, like I said, was okay. Um, I think Carter, uh, Carter got a bad rap, but he, he lacked something there. Um, but I think everything is going crazy. I mean, uh, Iran, you guys think of it. And I'm, I'm going all over the world on this. Uh, we've covered this. No, you're Iran, fine. I think you're fine. They were fulfilling that nuclear agreement. I don't understand that, and I don't understand from a personal point how the Kurds, who have been looking for freedom for centuries, I mean, they come from an area where they killed, uh, oh, God, there was a, I, I'm, uh, Tom, you're going to have to help me, 1915, a massacre. Um, God, Before and, my time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. They don't have a has American society taken, for better or worse, a hard right turn in the last, say, 20 or so years? Well, I, I'm, see, go ahead, Tom. I, I, from my perspective, you know, my own experience, um, I suppose it changed, uh, well, with Reagan, for me, because I had a career job and I was downsized. That was a big word then, downsizing. And uh, I never could find a decent job after that, and uh, that's why I went back to uh, I went to college and became a teacher. But uh, and even that didn't last. <laughs> so you know, because you still have uh, the same Reagan mentality. You know, I went into under under, under uh, Clinton. I went and got myself retrained <laughs> and got in debt. <laughs> and then uh, after Clinton, <laughs> and after Clinton, you know. What? Uh, you know <laughs> so you can't win I, either I, way. <laughs> I worked in the last administration. I didn't get along with Christie. The commissioner of labor was from my council, uh, from my county. Uh, yeah. He's now an assemblyman. That's one reason why I'm thinking I'm running again. He made my life miserable, although I wrote press releases for his press secretary, and I did a number of events that he was invited to. He just made my um, – he was told by two Republicans to leave me alone. Uh, the state senator there knew I had a house fire, and he brought me up from Trenton. Because I, as I said, I used to travel all over the country uh, looking out for the world of work. And um, uh, he's done nothing in the assembly. These are they're, they're Trump Republicans. Uh, you lived up there, Tom. There's no way you can. There's, there's only two bus lines that come in. I don't know if uh, Daniel has those situations. Uh, there too, but I must I must imagine because Sussex County is ex-rural. Uh, it has a population of about 136,000, which is the size of Patterson. They want to run the school system like the city of Patterson, which I don't think that's going to work. City no, of Patterson, well at all. I was going to surprise you guys. I was going to have the Republican chair uh, from Passaic County uh, and Patterson on, uh, but I, I, I there wasn't time. I didn't want to. I don't want to sneak up. <laughs> Bill, if we're talking about schools and education, I mean, we have uh, teachers uh, marching in capital cities and elsewhere all throughout the nation. Uh, right? I mean, I know some locally. They marched in Raleigh. Uh, and then there's, there was big marches everywhere. I mean, the schools aren't funded. 
you know the politics. Y'all know the politics way better than I do. I can, you know, the schools aren't funded. Teachers underpaid. It's just a, a, a one aspect of many, many different areas of our society uh, that that post Trump administration, uh, like you guys have already said, common agreements very important. Uh, we're gonna have to get to work on some things. We've got a lot of work to do. I, 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 I think that's key. Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead, Tom. I think that's key is uh, education. And I have some personal experience, and, and like I said, I've talked it. I've taught it in Newark at Weekwick, and uh, I was also taught in uh, Irvington, and East Orange, and uh, up in Passaic uh, County. In high schools, I moved around because I wanted to see what was going on, and uh, it's not good. Uh, and of course, there are a lot of good schools in Newark, and uh, they don't get it. They don't get the attention, but. Uh, it's not a money thing. We just got, uh, you know, the standardized testing and all the investments from corporations and big business into education is ruining it, and it's the same. It's the same problem. And uh, this, you, know, you know, this this started in 1995 when the standardized testing and people started, uh, you know, businesses started investing in education as a business, and uh, it's not working. And it uh, continues you know, that way. In the- uh, because we have, I hate to say it, but a yeah. U.S. senator that you know pushed uh, charter schools in Newark, and uh, that yeah. money was taken taken out of schools. My wife taught in Newark for 30 years. She won the governor's award twice, and uh, there were years that the principal would not give her the books or the materials, so she had to go home and improvise her own. Uh, she outperformed mm. the other. I got to tell you this, Tom and Daniel. There were two teachers in the school that took off and went shopping during the day and had their teacher aides. But there are dedicated teachers in Newark that struggle yeah. against what's going on. And, and, and it happens in Raleigh. I know in West Virginia they're striking now, and they were on strike just uh, last year. <laughs> and New Mexico had teachers, and I, I saw a, a rally in Trenton with teachers uh, recently. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about um, – I worry about schools in my county because I have a grandson and a, a, a granddaughter, and I have an autistic child who's getting nothing. And um, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, he's on a bus and he goes 80 miles. I don't know the logic of that. But uh, mm-hmm. education is the thing of the future. And artificial intelligence mm-hmm. for Hercules and for some magazines, newspapers, mm-hmm. I do somewhat Harvard Business Review. We're scheduled to lose between 40 and 80 million jobs in artificial intelligence. Are we prepared? No. The, I'll give you a little thing. Amazon, it's, it, in its warehouses, they have robots. But they've recently started firing some of their executives and having their jobs taken by ro- robots. Uh, China has between 240 and 300 uh, com- uh, supercomputers. We have maybe 167, and Watson is out of date. So we're in a big – we need to attract students. Uh, and we do need immigrants from, the, from everywhere for jobs. We're going to lose a lot of jobs, if I'm right on my theories. Uh, you, Tom, uh, live in an area let's, – let's, would you say Poughkeepsie is rural? Uh, what's it like? Well, um, Poughkeepsie and Wapitus Fall, all of these are, you know, there are a lot of little towns that are sort of pushed together. You know, you know, unless if there wasn't a sign, you wouldn't know when you're leaving one town or the other. 
Well, not like New Jersey and, and stuff, but uh, I, I wouldn't consider it rural. Um, there, are, there are plenty of businesses up here. There's a lot of jobs here. Um, you know, you know, everybody's hiring up here, and uh, it's not at, at all like uh, Sussex County, where very few jobs. I think last time I left there, but uh, two, 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 two and a half years ago. But, but uh, I, 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 Hercules is listening on the end, and that we just had a lady from Sussex County. I didn't want her to blow her bubble, but Thor Labs <laughs> is an engineering uh, company, and uh, they pay lousy wages. You know, yeah. uh, they have engineers there, and they don't pay. They, they take them as interns, and then they let them go. Yeah. I, I did. I got them a grant. Uh, you've got the uh, insurance company up there. I can't remember of it. Uh, I did a thing years ago on, on uh, uh, and I brought somebody. I brought uh, Murray Sabrin, who's done this show. He's a conservative Republican who, uh, and libertarian. And I had a guy named John Shure runs an organization called an NJPP. And it turns out that um, these HB1 visas, I'm not against them, but a lot of times they'll come to a uh, – the insurance company is huge. I can't think of the name of it. Um, uh, they they brought here? in workers. Yeah. What is it? I don't know the, of the insurance company up here, but uh, we have IBM right here. Yeah. So, and I don't know if I – well, that's where Watson came from was IBM and uh, – uh, I don't remember. I've, I've done projects with. Uh, you were talking about testing. I developed tests, uh, either mm-hmm. for counseling for for employee selection, and um, I did projects with IBM and Xerox. And uh, what's how you say that uh, Chinese company? Huawei, Highway, Huawei. Close enough for me. Well, they're being they taken to court in the U.S. and Canada. But uh, for you know selling, taking secrets. But I don't. I can't remember the last time I saw a Xerox a, uh, ATM. Uh, I, I, and I went up to Xerox uh, uh, to do a thing on uh, uh, copy machines, uh, ATMs because they were building them and repairing them. And IBM, it was a, a it was a different uh, a different purpose. Um, one's in Rye, New York. I don't remember where the other one is. But we're we're really losing. Uh, our intellectual capacity. And on the other hand, uh, your views, how about your views on the border? Um, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but our, our, our time together is coming to a close today, but I would like to hear this conversation continued. So uh, you're both invited uh, back. Um, just want to basically uh, say that uh, I also experienced many of the same things and got back into education and then uh, uh, circumstances uh, um, evaporated. So uh, I can very much identify with your uh, voyage, uh, Tom. And uh, I'm fascinated by your book. Um, I looked uh, on Amazon and read a little bit about it and Googled it. Uh, I've linked to your book and to both of uh, your uh, uh, Facebook pages. Uh, is there any place else you'd like me to link between now and next time? I think it's so that. Thank, you. Thank you for the kind words there, uh, Hercules. Well, it, it sounds very awesome. We do need more compassion. <laughs> I, mm. I, I'm for compassion uh, a great deal, and uh, uh, that's something that each of us can bring into our days uh, and make our life and the, the life of the people around us uh, a lot better just through kindness. 
Indeed. That's, Indeed. that's, that's correct. Well, thank you, you very much uh, for being uh, wonderful guests on the show. Uh, if you do think of something you'd like me to link to, just uh, we're Facebook friends now, so just personal message me or just add it to uh, the other information. And if I put on anything uh, erroneous, uh, please uh, correct me. And, uh, Bill, get them back on very quickly. This was a fascinating uh, oh, I like, uh, conversation. Oh. I wish we had more time. These are, the two guys. These are the two guys that I probably post the most with. There's uh, <laughs> a woman who ran for state uh, U.S. Senate in New Jersey, and she's phenomenal. But I can't get her to come on. Um, maybe Daniel can have that uh, help out. Um, oh, no. uh, the three of them are fantastic. <laughs> We're going to cut know, off but... in 90 seconds, but what I'd like to recommend is maybe we can get uh, Tom and Daniel on separately uh, and then get them back together to continue this conversation, or we can get them on together to continue this conversation and then have them on separately because uh, uh, they both sound like uh, very fascinating uh, individuals uh, with uh, interesting perspectives. So uh, uh, I'd love to have them back on. I think so. Well, before you, you came in, Hercules, I was going to ask Bill about the Betsy DeVos, you know, because he was talking about education and stuff like that. But that, That'll uh, be a, a to be continued because <laughs> we have a few more seconds. Anyway, thank you very much again for being a wonderful guest. Thank you, Bill, for uh, being an awesome person. And uh, I will talk to you all soon. And thanks to all who've listened uh, to us uh, tonight. Until next time, this is all of us wishing you joyous journeys and grand adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Oh, my God.